0: Welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Welcome to Zig Ziglar's Inspire Podcast. This is your host, Blake Lindsey, hoping you're having a great day and a great week. Hey, have you ever thought about what you want in life? I mean what you really want. Zig Ziglar believes that most people want the same things. We want to be healthy, have security, peace of mind, and have good family relationships and friends, and to be happy. In today's podcast, Zig will explain how to set happiness as a goal.
1: I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled-in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Another day is here, and
0: you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
2: happiness as being a goal? It's an intriguing question. Let's answer it. Rose Barthold says this, happiness is a conscious choice. It is not an automatic response. Happiness is an attitude. Let me also say that happiness is not a when and a where. It is a here and a now. Many people say they're going to be happy when they get in the house, but they won't. Then they'll be happy when they get everything properly arranged, but they won't. Then they'll be happy when the landscaping is all set in, but they won't. Then they will be happy when they build a patio out back, but they really won't. Then they'll be happy when they get the mortgage paid off, but they really won't. Then they'll be happy when they have the second home. A lot of people are going to be happy on a where? Oh, when we get out to Hawaii for that 10-day vacation, man, then I'm going to be happy. Uh, That is not the way it is because it makes no difference where you go. There you are. Let me say it again. It doesn't make any difference where you go. There you are. And you see, until you are happy with you, you're not going to be happy with what you have or where you are. I love what Dennis Prager in a Reader's Digest article had to say about this. He says, fun is what we experience during an act. Happiness is what we experience after an act. It is a deeper, more abiding emotion. He says things like going to an amusement park or ball game, watching a movie or television or fun activities. They help us relax. They help us temporarily forget our problems and maybe even laugh but they do not bring happiness because their positive effect ends when the fun ends." "'Happiness is of much longer duration.'" Mr. Prager also points out with unusual insights that the people who cling to the belief that a fun-filled, pain-free life equals happiness actually diminishes their chances of ever attaining real happiness. If fun and pleasure equated with happiness, then pain must be equated with unhappiness, but in fact, the opposite is true. More times than not, things that lead to happiness involve some pain. Now, let me say that he's absolutely right. You'll hear me say later in this presentation that happiness is not pleasure, it's victory. Victory over things that are tough. Victory over sometimes odds that seem to be insurmountable. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't think we ought to have some fun. I love the story that they tell about Dallas Theological Seminary. Uh, Had the serving line over there, and at the beginning of the line, they had the apples, and there was a little sign that says, Take only one apple. God is watching they got to the end of the line where they had the chocolate chip cookies and another little sign says, take as many as you want. God is busy watching the apples. <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah, I believe that we need to have a little fun as we go along, but let's explore this thing about happy a little further and see what we can do about it. Now, I'll ask you to answer these questions in your own mind. How many of you believe that your happiness has anything to do with your health. In other words, if you're healthy and feeling good, would that increase your chances of happiness? How many of you think probably it would, all right? How many of you believe that if you were at least prosperous enough that you didn't have to worry if you had a flat tire or the uh, plumbing filed up or something like that, how many of you believe that that would be something that could be a contributing factor in being happy? Can I see your hands, all right? How many of you believe that if you're confident in what you do, secure in the knowledge as long as you perform, that you're going to have that job, that that too would be a factor in your happiness? How many of you believe that if you have lots of loyal friends, that that will help make you happier? How about peace of mind? If you have that resolved, how many of you believe that would make you happy? How about good family relationships? Does your family have anything to do with your happiness? Do they? Now, here's the big question. How many of you honestly believe there's something you can do about your health, your prosperity, your security, your friends, your peace of mind, and your good family relationships? How many of you believe there's something you can do about it? Won't that give you hope for the future? And isn't it true that hope has something to do with your happiness? How many of you believe that it does? All right. Then how many of you believe that, yes, there is something I can do about setting happiness as my goal because it can be a byproduct of all the other things? Does that make any sense? Now, I don't know how you feel about that, but when I got really involved in this thinking process, then I got enormously excited because I believe for an awful lot of people this is going to represent for them a breakthrough. Now, why do I say that? Because things also make us unhappy, but when we come right back down the list, we can say, I can do something about that, I can do something about this, I can do something about that, and now we go right back to work on regaining part of what we lost. Man, I get excited about that. Let's go uh, down the list and and look at the statement that we make so many times that you can have everything in life you want. You'll just help enough other people get what they want. Again, I'm talking philosophy. I'm not talking tactic. Let me give you a personal example. Many years ago, when I entered the world of selling, the ripe old age of 21 The first two and a half years, we just about starved to death. I mean, things were really tough. Then, thanks to a man named P.C. Merrill, whom I talked about earlier, we had a dramatic turnaround. My business exploded. I finished that year the number two salesman out of over 7,000. The company had every year at the end of August a national booster week. They encouraged every salesperson to pull out all the stops, to work 18 hours a day, make every possible call, give extra bonuses to the hostesses and everything else. Let's really do it up. The biggest week in the year, let's make it National Booster Week. Well, the first two years, I didn't get excited about Booster Week because I was struggling to eat. And I couldn't get excited about, uh, you know, a lot of other things. But I was primed and I hit the ground running on this particular week. I was in the cookware business. I cooked pancakes every morning that week. I prepared a salad every day at lunch for prospects. And I put on a dinner demonstration uh, in the evening. And that week... I sold two and a half times as much as I'd ever sold in any week. Man, I tell you, I was motivated. Matter of fact, I'd sent the redhead and our only daughter down to Jackson, Mississippi to be with her family because the convention following Booster Week was to be in Biloxi and I wanted to be able to do nothing but work that week. Now, in all fairness, the company only encouraged us to maintain that kind of schedule one week out of the year. Well, they explained, you know, like a rubber band, which is useful only when it's stretched. When you really stretch out sometimes, that's when you can determine just what your capability of doing great things are. Well, I finished making my last call on Saturday night. It was about 10 o'clock. I drove to Atlanta, Georgia, and the man who brought me into business named Bill Cranford had said, Zig, stop by here. Catch a few hours sleep before you drive on. Well, I woke old Bill up about 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning, I believe it was. He got out of bed, he made the coffee, and we sat there until 5.30. Now, for those two and a half hours, let me tell you what I was doing. I'd made 39 sales calls that week. I'd made 34 sales, and I took Bill Cranford from hello to goodbye in every single one of those experiences. Bill, they said this, and I said that, and they did this, and I did that, and man, they bought. And I said this, and I said that, and I did this, and they did that, and man, they bought. 39 calls, I went all the way through, nonstop, I mean, and as you know, I speak at about 280 words a minute with gust up to about 550, so I covered an awful lot of territory, and finally about 530, all of a sudden, it hit me, I said, oh my goodness, Bill, how you doing? I had not asked him one single question. had not inquired about his health, his family, his life, his business, his nothing. I had totally dominated the conversation. I had the worst case of eye trouble I think anybody has ever had in their life. And I said, Bill, I am embarrassed. I apologize. And Bill Cranford said something to me that impacted my life and affected my thinking dramatically. He said, Zig, don't give it a thought. He said, I have thoroughly enjoyed every moment of what you've had to say. Now, let me remind you of something, Zig. I'm the one who brought you in this business. I'm the one who trained you. I'm the one who encouraged you when you were discouraged. I'm the one who took you out in the field and specifically worked with you holding your hands. You see, Zig, until you've experienced what I just experienced, you'll never know what real happiness and real success is. The delight I have received by your success is infinitely greater than the delight you're experiencing by having that success. The man was absolutely 100% right. Was he a happy man? You absolutely can count on it. He was a happy man man
0: uh, zig makes us think about what true happiness really is what makes you happy in your life what can you do to get more of that in your life stay tuned to these podcasts because zig has more to say about happiness until next week this is blake Lindsay encouraging you to live your life to the fullest
1: Ziglar. 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 inspiring true performance